Guess what? I'm moving country again. I don't know. Maybe a year. Maybe more. Where's home? Home's everywhere. I'm an expat. Hello! Welcome to a new episode of Meet the Expats. It's Pauline and today I meet with Sam Bridi, a Nepalese young woman living in the US and who transitioned from student life to working life there in the US. And so today she's going to share all the struggles that can come with this transition when you're abroad and a lot more. Hello, Samridi. How are you? Hi, Pauline. I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for taking the time. I'm very excited to hear about your, your whole background and story. So maybe let's jump in you can give a little quick intro of yourself to the audience and we'll hop into why you moved in the first place sounds good so i am samriti and i go by sam because okay. it's so we'll call you <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i am from nepal it's a small country in south asia for those who do not know it's basically sandwiched between India and China. And that's how I introduce um, every time I talk about my country. Um, so yeah, I come from Nepal and I moved to the U.S. in Colorado in the year 2018, mainly okay. for getting my master's degree in marketing. And yeah, I've been here ever since. Uh, it's going to be five years um, in August. And that's so crazy when I think about it because it just <laughs> went by so quickly. And yeah, I was I was student for a good two years, and I was working as an intern. And right now, I work in communication. Um, I work full time, and uh, it's been quite a transition from being a student <laughs> to a working. I can imagine. <laughs> we'll we'll yeah. look into that a little later. Right now, I'm just curious of how you chose the U.S. specifically, and Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a question that I get so many times um, <laughs> and honestly uh, so I finished my degree back in uh, 2016 I got my undergrad degree from back home in Nepal I got it in business administration and I took a year off after that uh, not necessarily a year off but I was kind of figuring out what I want to do next and where I wanted to go and I've always known right from the start that I wouldn't stay in my country for a long amount of time I wanted to see the world and quite literally like I just wanted to move around okay. and um, so yeah I was just figuring out what I want to do next and um, after my uh, studies were over and I was um, looking for obviously getting a graduate degree and um, that was one of like the easiest way to get out uh, of your country is to <laughs> find uh, a higher education in some other country so yeah I mean U.S. was like one of my primary choices right from the start, mostly because of the language and it's so familiar for um, us Nepalese people because a lot of... How's that? It's actually like it's one of the top choices for people who move to a foreign country for studies. Okay. So yeah, for us, it's mainly um, the U.S. or Australia. So All right. So yeah, U.S. was definitely like obviously one of my first choices and the education system in the U.S. obviously is... It's very popular for, you know, mm. um, it's it's uh, advancement and everything. So, yeah, it was like a obvious choice, but I was also looking at Europe as well. And Europe was not, I mean, it, there are a lot of people who go to Europe, but it's not as popular and it's, um, it's popular choice among the youth. And 
So I was secretly hoping <laughs> to be in <laughs> Europe, actually, because I always felt like I would be more aligned there. Like I, I've always loved languages um, and culture and just like diversity. And I know that that is more apparent in, in, in Europe. And I, also for the reason that it's so easy to just travel around from yeah. one country to other. And for so many reasons like that. And it was like, I was secretly hoping to get into <laughs> uh, some university in Europe. And also like education, I felt there was much more cheaper as compared to the yeah. US. It's a lot more yeah. affordable, definitely. <laughs> yes. But obviously, like, like both of these spaces had its pros and cons. And mm. so I was applying everywhere, like pretty much everywhere. I was applying actively in the US and major cities in, um, in Europe, like France and Germany, Netherlands, everywhere possible. And um, Germany was really hard to get into. I did not get uh, into a lot of universities in Germany, did not get any responses. Uh, but I did end up getting um, into one of the universities in Netherlands, University of Groningen, and okay. the other university was University of Colorado in Denver. And actually, I was not looking actively in Colorado. I was just looking at um, all the universities that I felt um, I wanted to go to. And um, yeah, obviously, for the course structure and everything, uh, University of Colorado felt like a right fit. And so I got into these two universities and I was kind of debating until like the very last moment when I was like trying to work towards my visa and other stuff like that. I was like, should I go there or should I go? And to, to this day still, I still wonder what if I had, you know, moved to Netherlands. What would my life be if I had yeah. changed? <laughs> yeah, I know. I always think about that and I, I know it would have been completely different. I would definitely yeah. be traveling more, I, I feel. But uh, yeah, I always imagine that. Um, so yeah, I mean, the main reason to get here in the U.S. and getting into University of Colorado was mainly because of the course structure. I thought it was really flexible and, um, you know, you could customize it as opposed to in the Netherlands, uh, which was, I felt was really rigid. And it was, the courses there were mostly what I've already did in the past in my undergrad degree. So I just felt like, okay, course-wise and just for the sake of, you know, uh, it's just easy to get here because English is obviously, it's so... Yeah. Uh, I already yeah, know it, so I don't have to. Yeah, and yeah, I it's one less it. struggle. Yeah, I know. So I was just weighing out all the options and seeing the pros and cons, and I just felt like, okay, US it is then. Okay, makes <laughs> and, sense. Yeah, and I moved here. And so, how how did the whole move go, and sort of your integration and discovering this new life? Oh wow, <laughs> it was. <laughs> Quite a huge shift, as you can imagine. I mean, we don't even have the same time zones. It's so different when it's evening here, it's morning there and yeah. vice versa. So it's quite a shift. And honestly, I, you know, I've, I've grown up watching all these American sitcoms and dramas mm. and movies. And I, I thought that I knew American culture really well. But <laughs> turns out it is not the same when you are actually in that country. Everything seems so different and it's all so strange and yeah I mean it was it was a huge cultural shift and the one thing that I really liked about um going to school here is that um although like Colorado I wouldn't say is the most diverse place in the U.S. it is not really culturally uh diverse so I, when, when I was in school though I did have that experience of meeting people from around the world and I really right. liked I tried connecting with you know, there were so many uh, different programs uh, focused on international students. So I tried going to 
everything that the university could offer, like different kind of events and um, connect networking events and stuff like that. And I just met so many people from around the world. And that was so unusual to me coming mm. from a country that only where you can only see the same kind of people from your own background. Right. You don't really get to have that interaction from, with people from around the world. And I just love that. And I think since the day that I came here, I don't really have my, uh, all of my friend group is, I don't have any friends actually from my own country here. So that's mm-hmm. one thing that I really like about it because I mean, I definitely miss the community, but just being able to meet, meet so many people from around the world is an amazing experience and you always get to learn so much. So yeah, a lot of shift, um, even for food, everything was seemed pretty new, the infrastructure, like everything. Like it's, I can't <laughs> even remember so many things that I can't, when I first came here, it was a huge switch um, and just the American culture of like just meeting people and just starting to have conversations while you're walking down the road or at grocery stores. That's so unusual when you yeah. <laughs> don't really do that back home. So yeah, just understanding all of that and um, quite an experience, I would say. Yeah, a lot to soak in, <laughs> I can imagine. Yes, definitely. <laughs> nice. So you did your master's degree, you did your studies. How did you take that decision to say, well, I'm actually going to look for a job here? And how did how did that go? Yes, it's, it's just been a, quite a story. So um, yeah, after graduation, so in the US, you have um, this OPT, which is basically optional practical training that you can take, take after your 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 studies end and it's like uh, if you have that option to just stay in the U.S. and work and find some working experience and obviously a lot of students do that um, mostly international students who come here for their um, for getting their education so OPT is basically where you just the working experience you can work full-time and um, some people find uh, working visas after that ends that period and so okay I did have one year of OPT period, which is basically one year of working um, experience that I could get. And so I'm a graduate of May. Uh, I graduated in May 2020 in the, right. the May the pandemic. pandemic. Yes. Yeah. Not a great time. Not a great time to graduate. Um, and so I was really positive, though. I wasn't thinking like, oh, it's a tough time. I don't know what my future will look like I don't know so I I was I wanted to stay I wanted to at least gain experience of what like I've I had put so much of my time and money into getting a degree and for such a long time and I was just wanted to get get more out of it so obviously I wanted to stay and then I started looking for jobs and applying Mm -hmm. for jobs actually right before I graduated but I wasn't looking as actively yeah i think it was around june or july after the graduation um that i started like actively applying to jobs and um yeah so if you are a if you are a student of a stem degree which is basically anything technical from science technology engineering or mathematics background yeah so you will have three years of OPT period, which is like you will have three oh, years wow. of time to yeah find, find a job, job basically. and you do everything yeah. But if you are not technical and you don't come from a STEM background, you'll just have one year to find a job, find a company that will sponsor your visa, 
and everything else. Yeah. So, so the, the really the timing is really this story about the yes. visa. Because yeah. if you're American, you don't really have a limit in time as long no. as you can. No. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's a visa. Yeah. If you have a permanent residency, you don't have to worry about that. You can do whatever mm. you want. But if you don't have that, you're on that student visa. And so your student visa will be ending. Now, your okay. visa won't end, but your authorization, authorization to stay there would end. Yeah. So... Yeah, and I was in that one year period, and none of the people that I knew, my contemporaries, none of them were in that one year. So I, I was oh, already okay. struggling to find someone to relate with because mm. and to I find was the, only the comfort and the motivation with with them. Yeah, there was no one that I could talk to oh. about my problem of having one year, and uh, so yeah, I mean, I was I was positive. I felt like I could still find something, and also there's this period after graduation, like I think there's. 60 or 90 days period where you have to have an employment by then doesn't necessarily have to be that you they have to sponsor your visa but you you have to find employment okay. within that time frame so you cannot just stay without having it yeah job. you can't but, just look you have to do something yeah something. you have to have something yes oh, to, wow. to extend your stay so i already had luckily and i'm so thankful for that that i already had internships uh, ongoing internship while i was mm. in my grad school and so I had done multiple internships for that and I was staying with an internship right when I graduated so thankfully they extended the internship so I had like a whole year of internship to just save me I don't so I didn't have to worry about finding a job which was a less hassle for me yeah but I still had to find a company that would sponsor my visa so I was looking right. actively looking for that and so there's this thing with the employers in the US that whenever you talk about visa sponsorship, they'll just freak out for some reason. No. So they'll be like, oh, no, 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 we're not doing that. And then it was like in midst of the pandemic. So obviously it was a lot even harder. more stressful. Yeah. It was really tough. So a lot of people were not even finding jobs and we were all in the same boat up until like quite a long, long amount of time. I think it was around August or September when uh, the job market started picking up a little bit because a bunch of then we were just like applying and getting rejections and not really getting anything and we would like send 50 or 60 applications a day and yeah, get nothing in return yeah so i was doing that like for a long amount of time and i was so exhausted and i was also trying to do so many other things like i was trying to network with people on linkedin and mm. you know trying to do everything i could and and so I think after that, um, I think around August or September, a lot of my friends and my contemporaries were starting to get jobs. And now I was like freaking out by this time because mm. I was like, okay, there's definitely something wrong with me because yeah, I guess it's like sense. everybody's getting a yeah, everybody's getting a job and I'm not. So it was like it was really tricky for me back then because I, I'm already a little bit self-critical. So I but that time just threw me into this um, this this whole I I feel like a kind of like a black hole where I would go into this um, moments where I'm like well you know what I, it's something is wrong with me because I'm not getting it maybe I'm not enough or maybe I should do something that I'm not doing and that's the reason why I'm not getting anything and um, and the clock was ticking and mm. I I had nothing nothing I would get like two or three rounds of interviews and I would just like no I would not get anywhere. And while that was happening, I mean, my the apartment that I was living in back then, so our lease was getting over and 
everybody started moving out because they found jobs in different states. And so thankfully, I had a friend in Louisiana and she invited me to stay with her. And so I think I moved out of my apartment in Colorado um, around October or November. And I think around that time, I kind of reflected back on what I was doing because it was really stressful and I was doing the same things and it was not getting me anywhere. So I decided I never, I'm a person, I'm really headstrong. So if I want one thing, I'll just go. Okay. You go for it. It. I'm not, yeah, I just, I do not even look here and there. I'm just like I'm very bullheaded. I was not looking at any other alternatives. And a lot of people have suggested me to do like, you know what, maybe you should try do, doing that or, you know, just try looking into other options as well. And a lot of people were suggesting me like try Canada. It's also a good option. It's pretty similar to the U.S. and much easier to, uh, you know, find um, a permanent residency and stuff like that. And I was like, I was not considering. I was like, no, I am going to get a job here. I'm, I'm this is how it's going to work. But it was, nothing was happening according to my plan. And had at some point you put in like timelines saying, well, if by de- this date, there's nothing, this is my plan B. Yeah, until then, I wasn't. But okay. I think there was one moment when I was like kind of a, like a light bulb moment when I was interviewing with uh, one of the HR for a tech company and then she she asked me in the first like she she was really impressed by my background and everything and she said you know what I think this can work out but I also want to ask you I saw that you 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 ticked um, on your visa sorry your application that you wanted a visa sponsorship so I just wanted to talk about that and I said yes this is my situation I just have one year I'm not going to, I'm going to be honest. I, I need a visa to stay yeah. and to continue working. And so she was like, mm, you know what? This is such a hard time. It's like, it was like a kind of a very transitionary period for, for the U.S. government yeah. as well because of the elections and and Trump's regulation on immigration, which was mm. getting really stricter and all that, so many stuff happening. And so she was like, it's really hard period. So maybe you want to consider other options because I can tell from a, uh, HR perspective that it might be a little difficult for com- companies to hire someone from outside, not from the US. Yeah. And yeah. so they, I don't think visa sponsorship is really a good option at this point. And, and she was right. I mean, I, I really, at first I was really mad at her for mm. saying that. Yeah. Because like, it's not what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, and, but then, but that, that was like a light bulb, bulb moment for me. And so okay. I just took that in and I, then that's when I started coming up with alternative plans. And you know what? This is not going to work this way. I've been, I'm tired internally. I cannot do this anymore. Mm. So I started coming up with different plans, like plan A, plan B, plan C. And, and I looked okay. into other options and yeah, and so many things. And then I moved to Louisiana and um, that was, that was actually a little bit break from what I was going through. I, I was with my friends, so a couple of my uh, my months were just like, you know, being with my friend and spending some time off of just applying actively. Like, but I didn't have anything, and I was running out of time, and um, and I was also looking into other options. Now I was not only just applying for jobs here; I was applying for jobs in Europe, in Canada, and I don't know, okay. God knows, everywhere. So it was like. I was actually overwhelmed with all the things that I was doing, and like because I didn't just look for jobs here. I was like looking into European markets, talking to some people I know in Europe and asking for advice. And 
And when I would like um, go to those people, they would say like, no, it's not a great time to come to Europe. They're like, we're running out of jobs. I don't think it's a good time to move to Europe. And so <laughs> that was the conversation overall, um, which is really... Um, okay. But you did end up finding a job and you're still in the US. Okay. Yes. <laughs> which is great. I know. When I think about it now, that this is like quite a turn of events that happened. For me, I like I imagine the worst case scenario. Like even if I have to go back, it would it's not a big deal. So I was like making my mind up, and I was not thinking in that bullheaded way that I was before. Yeah, you had um, realized then, that you had other options. Um, yeah, in in case. Yeah, I mean okay. that was not the end of the world. So, so April, I interviewed for this. Um, this company, which was actually a government institution. And so there's one exception to US visa. So if you're like um, in private companies, you would have to go through a visa lottery system. So for your okay. for you to apply to work visa, you have to go through an application system that is selected through a random lottery system, which is mm. so crazy. And so and there's an exception that you, if you are in a government company or a non-for-profit, then you don't have to go through that lottery okay. system. So you just, you can directly apply for visa. So this was like, I didn't even think in my head, like I was, you know, getting anything. So I just applied and I got a call, got a call from the HR and then they passed me on to a number of interviews and I mm. talked to the whole team and it's like an extensive um, interview. But I was like, because I was so... Um, in my head, I was already like, you know what, this is not the end of the world. So I'm like, I was so relaxed and calm. And I was, you know what, I don't, I don't even care. Like, even if you don't give me this job, I'm fine, kind of attitude. And I think that just made a lot of difference, because I was mm -hmm. not under so much of pressure anymore. Pressure, yeah. And surprisingly, they offered me the job. And then I was like, okay, but you know what, I have a visa situation. So I talked about the visa situation to them so they were like yeah it's not a big deal we can sponsor your visa okay i was like are you sure Finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i wasn't i that had never been the conversation i was so used yeah. to like people saying no that's like no it's not a big deal we can sponsor your visa and then from there it was like such a smooth sail and that all happened my visa was going to end on um i just had like one more month left i think and it all yeah, happened. so they had they needed to do the paperwork pretty quickly yeah, yeah. Pretty quickly. And I was like, I was living on the edge. So my visa expired in June and I, um, I, I, found, I got that job in around May. Wow. And, um, yeah, mid-May. And it just worked out. So they did yeah. the whole thing. They were a government company. So it was not a Yeah, all the efforts job. definitely paid off. I'm it amazed <laughs> how, yeah, how much effort you put in and you, you stayed with your, your, your want and your wish till the end. Let's just go back to the reasons that you, you that made you want to stay you were saying i put so much effort into moving in the first place and like yeah. going through the degree was there anything else around i don't know the life that you had or the life that you s were imagining back home or anywhere else that made you mm -hmm. think I, I i really want to stay in the us yeah um i think the first thing would be just being familiar with the lifestyle and being mm. used to the lifestyle 
Um, yeah, okay. I don't even remember how I used to live back home. Now it oh. just feels like such a. <laughs> it just feels like a far away thing. I mean, I. Right. It's not like I don't remember anything. Well, I guess I'm, you like, sort of. Yeah. You, well, no, you, you studied in Nepal as well, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. I did. I did, but it just feels like such a far away thing now when I look back. Okay. And obviously, here, um, like coming from a small country like Nepal, where we don't have as much as um, flexibility and as much as um, opportunities, it's definitely like a huge shift for us to see so many things, um, you know, so many opportunities and um, facilities that you can get from from um, just, just being here. And I think um, the whole shift around that and just finding so many things, so many opportunities actually is like what just made me want to stay and it, I'm still I'm to this day I wouldn't say that I I plan on living here forever because I do not see myself living here forever I, I okay. say that now I, it could change in the future I'm not sure but I don't see myself living there forever and also I don't want to go back to Nepal like maybe someday <laughs> I, maybe I will I don't know I, I can't I never said never but hmm. I just want to be able to travel and um, live as expat you know around the world and this is this is not a thing that me coming from a country like Nepal can say. And it's like, this is not a familiar thing back home. Like when right. I say this to my parents, they're like, what? You want to, you want to live around the world? That's like <laughs> not even, what, why, what is she talking about? And yeah. Have they not, ever pressured you to come home? Not really. Okay. So yeah, I don't think so. Well, so at least you- like, yeah, they will. I think they are fine with that. And and they know because there's not much back home. Like now I've studied and the amount of opportunities that you get here, when you go back, you have to start from zero. Like there's mm. not much okay. going on. There are job opportunities are not as much. Uh, I know that it's improving, but it's still very, very, very far behind, which is really unfortunate. I wish like there are so many things um, I love about my country that I will not find anywhere mm. in the world. And I wish it was better for us, but with so much of political instability and so many other things that plays into um, effect. Yeah. We don't have that. And so coming back to your question, I think, yeah, I mean, the amount of effort that I put in education and just like mm. spending tons of do- dollars in. in yeah. My also. Yeah. Yeah, it's like an investment. So mm-hmm. I, I don't want to use the word like, I know it sounds really bad, but education is sort of like a business in a sense because you're yeah. putting... Well, it's an investment. In. Exactly what yeah. you're saying. It's an investment. It is an investment. So you definitely want to see, you know, your um, return. Payoff. And, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, nice. Lovely story. Um, so where are you living now? Are you still in Colorado? I am. I, so my job was actually in Colorado, which I didn't plan on coming back. But <laughs> it, it happened. That it, it happens that way. There, it yeah. was a sign. <laughs> okay. It was a sign. <laughs> so maybe let's move on to the recommendations then that you can mm-hmm. have for Colorado. Yeah, sure. So I think the, the thing that I would say if anyone is here you should definitely go out and explore all the beautiful trails. And mm. that's what you do in Colorado. You just go for a good hike, hike. in a good trail. <laughs> and then afterwards, um, after a long, exhausting hike, go back to a brewery 
hang out and have a good beer because Colorado is famous <laughs> for its brewery scene. So if okay. you're a fan of beer, then it's definitely that's what you Any specific do. one that you'd recommend? I actually my personal favorite is New Turin Brewery, which is in Golden, Colorado. It's a really beautiful, uh, it's a really nice brewery which has like a big patio. It's like people are like there are a lot of people, there are food trucks and they bring all their dogs and it's such a fun um a fun environment um especially when you are like done with hikes and you can just you can also <laughs> see the the mountain views um on, on the background it's really beautiful so i think that's what i would recommend okay in terms of restaurants um so food wise i don't think denver is like so diverse <laughs> um, <laughs> they don't have much options going on um i don't i don't have a personal favorite um but i think South of Denver is definitely where you can find diverse food options. So I think South of Denver is where you want to be if you're looking for food. Okay, South Denver, then they will go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And last but not least, what would be your expat song? So I, I love listening to music from uh, around the world, so different languages. I mm. Although I do not necessarily um understand the lyrics i enjoy just listening to the song so i've been listening to a lot of um italian french and spanish songs and i think um it was a song by actually it's by a french singer francois harty comatia is the song i'm sure that i'm not pronouncing it right <laughs> uh, it's a song by francois hardy and um, okay yeah comment to yes Yes, comment te dire adieu? Yeah, comment te dire adieu? Yeah, okay. I think I was well, listening to that while I was on uh, the transits um, when I was coming <laughs> here for the first time. Okay, well, it sort of resonates. It's how to say, it, the, the meaning of the the title meaning is how to say uh, goodbye, farewell. Oh, uh, that you know what? I didn't. I did not know that then. Well, I was just but... listening to it. <laughs> That is really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> there yeah. was maybe a reason why you were listening to it. <laughs> I know. That's the reason why I was so gravitated towards it. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for your your insights and all that view on the, the fact that the visa difficulties when uh, when you finish studying in the US. For, I wasn't aware about aware of. I knew there was this uh, visa, visa sponsorship needed by companies, which was never easy, definitely. But <laughs> definitely, you were persistent. <laughs> well done. A lot of persistence <laughs> there. Yeah. Yes. Guys, thank you for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, do uh, go put a rating on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can also find us on Instagram. And stay tuned for the next one. Thank you.